Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 103.1, 910, AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. It is uh, 5.09 here, 37 degrees and cloudy in Northeast Pennsylvania. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Uh, got a couple of issues going on here in Lackawanna County. Lackawanna County is posting that the 911 wireless phone issue. The Lackawanna County 911 Emergency Service Center is experiencing intermittent problems with wireless calls getting through to the facility. If at all possible, individuals and businesses are encouraged to call the center from a landline. If this is not an option, then the public is urged to continue trying to get through on the cell phone. Some cell calls are getting through after a few tries. Sending a text from your cell phone is also an option. They're saying a notice will be provided once the system is back into normal. So just want to give you a heads up on that. We will uh, you know, announce that a couple of times during the, the show today. Uh, there's also an update on the, this moon landing attempt by this Pittsburgh-based company. They're saying now it appears to be doomed after a critical fuel leak. It says, uh, the first U.S. moon landing attempt in more than 50 years appears to be doomed after a private company's spacecraft developed a critical fuel leak just hours after Monday's launch. The Pittsburgh-based astrobotic technology managed to orient its lander toward the sun so a solar panel could collect sunlight and charge its battery as the special team assesses the status of what they term a failure in the propulsion system. It soon became apparent, however, that there was a critical loss of fuel, further dimming hope for what had been planned moon landing on February 23rd. So um, they're saying there's now a critical fuel leak and a failure of their propulsion system. And again, that they need that to land on the moon. So it uh, be interesting to see what they do here. They are testing uh, testing systems to see what capabilities they have and what capabilities they don't. Um, just imagine if you were the family of the loved one whose ashes were on that, and now your loved one is somewhere in space for the rest of uh, their life. That's why things like this aren't a good idea. So those are the two... Uh, Breaking issues that I had come out of, uh, you know, some updated news. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have Angelo from Madisonville, my friend, on the de- on the Secretary of Defense. What do, yes, what do we sir. got for yes. this crackpot? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know whose fault it is that nobody got uh, informed, and that's the Deputy Secretary of Defense. It, it's there's a chain of command and it goes down. You know you were in the in the uh, police department. It goes down. He it's oper- he he knew about all of this the Tuesday before the guy went in, and then the following week he you know it's Tuesday comes and then Thursday he lets the president of the United States learn. This is what I've, I've read, fact or fiction. This is what I read, but it has to be his fault now. What, what kind of you know? You know what, Rob? On both sides of the aisle, and and uh, and and it's it just a, it's just a total mess out up there. And you know what? He he should be reprimanded. 
maybe he should be fired. I don't know. But the, de- the deputy secretary of defense, he's the one. He's the one that, that's in charge of notifying uh, everything that's going to happen with his superior. Well, that the deputy to... the deputy secretary of defense is a woman, so it's a she, and she was on vacation in Puerto Rico, and they're saying that even she did not know for a few days that he was incapacitated. Then they finally, you know, told her uh, where they're saying that she assumed the duties of the secretary. But you know, when your boss is out of commission, not I think his boss should know the yeah. president. That's right. I mean, come on now. Okay, she. Uh... I, I apologize. I, I know it was a she, but uh, no, I'm no, no. I'm just I'm just setting the record straight because I I'm sure I'll get a text message saying correcting me. So I just want to yeah. put it out there. Yeah. Well, they'll they'll know that I called and they'll say, hey, tell that uh, Angelo from Madisonville to get his story straight. Well, I got something to tell the people that call in and listen. We need rubber bullets. You know what? New York City, get some rubber bullets, and every time they have a little riot. Load up them rifles with the rubber bullets and start, you know, popping a couple of them. And you know what? They'll slow down. They'll calm down. In in Cleveland, Ohio, my cousin's retired. He was a policeman for, you know, 30-some years. My other cousin's still a policeman in Willoughby. And you know what? That When they, in Cleveland, Ohio, I think it's the sixth largest city in the United States, they don't mess around. When they, they, they get the horses out and the the riot gear, and they got all kinds of weapons. Right away, they're up on their buildings with the sharpshooters. It, they don't mess around. I was there one time, and uh, I'll tell you, I, I got out of there quick because I didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, uh, you know, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the uh, the line was around the whole building. I could We couldn't even get in there. But something happened because of the the basketball game, and you were in Cleveland. You know how it is. You know, they, they like to party when their team wins and stuff. And and the cops, they don't mess around. Well, but even it, here it, back it, in the day in New York, I remember working plenty of World Series at Yankee Stadium on the detail there. We all had our riot gear. The Mounted was always there. They just don't use these things anymore. New York City does not use their greatest asset for crowd control. It's Mounted Unit. They do not protect the officers with their helmets and shields anymore. You haven't seen them in anything for the past couple of years. They don't care if the police officers get hurt. They don't care. They want to let these things run free. No matter what they tell you, they do not put the assets that they know how to use that are available there to stop these things. So what do you, what does one have to come to the conclusion of that? They don't care if it happens or not. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? I feel sorry. You know, that, this baloney years ago where defund the police and, you know, let, let's get more politically correct and watch what you say, watch what you do. It's a bunch of baloney. It's a bunch of baloney. It, it, you, they got to They got to get rid of some of them people that are in, in New York and in Washington and, and get some people that that got some cojones and then and then put start using the assets that they have and get get everything back in control. It, it's 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 ridiculous. It's totally one hundred percent ridiculous. And just to, it, it, just to set the record straight, the NYPD never used rubber bullets for crowd control. We do have beanbags, but that's mostly mostly for you know a one on one basis with a severe emotionally disturbed or, or somebody in in that in that manner. But we have the tools. You know, we like I said, one of our greatest crowd control assets was the the New York City Mounted Unit. 
it's now a tourist attraction to take pictures with the horsies. That's all they keep, and that's why they're in Times Square. That's why they're sitting there. They have not used them in years. Since the de Blasio administration, they stopped using our mounted unit to help gain control of crowds. They were unbelievable. I remember being in riots with our mounted unit. And you'd he, he they would come up from behind you, you would crouch down, and those riders would put the put you right between the front and back legs, and go over you and push the crowd back 10, 15 feet, so you could then stand up and gain your ground again. And all you had to do was crouch down. And we were trained in this. They'd come in sideways. They'd tell you to duck. You'd duck between the horse. They'd push everyone else back. And, you know, the, the rioters who fell down were grabbed and handcuffed and dragged back. And you got back up and put your line back up again. And the horses would then go around you and get behind you again and come back the same way. It's it's trained tactics that we've been doing for decades in New York. And they've just abandoned it because for whatever reason, they, they don't want to control these crowds anymore. Like today, they were taking over bridges and tunnels all over New York. Yeah, that, I'll tell you, when I was a kid... Uh... You know, my, I told you about my father. He was in the military for years, and he had a part-time job driving a Schaefer truck, you know. So we go to New York to the uh, Schaefer Brewery, and uh, I was a kid. So the bus hit this guy. My father pulls over. My father was a medic. He could have been an EMT out in civilian life. He jumps out. He said, kid, wait in here. Wait in the truck. Don't move. So he's out there giving the guy first aid. And the biggest cop I ever seen in my life, he's tapping my father on the shoulder. My father's, you know, giving him, uh, uh, you know, medical attention. And he said, hey, get get going. Get in that truck and get going. He says, I call the ambulance. He says, you, you know, we don't, uh, you'll be here for a month filling out paperwork. Don't even, he said, sir, I, I, I'm trained in this. I could help this guy. He said, you hear the ambulance? That They're coming just get in the truck and get going. And he said to my father, and I heard him clear as day, get in that truck and, and just go before I arrest you because we got this under control. He, he, the problem was there was a group of people, and he seen the group of people, and they looked like there was, there was going to be a problem. And he didn't want it to escalate and have my father get in the middle of it. So that's what the story was. And he got in the truck, blew the air horn, and, you know, the ambulance came. And then two more uh, police cars came. But when they came, there wasn't one policeman in there. There was two in each car. And, uh, you know, and I could see them. They're looking at that group of people. But when they seen the other uh, cars come, they they left. So I don't know if they he sensed that he maybe knew them or he had, he had a feeling that there was going to be a problem. I don't know. But we, we got out of there because he was told. But my father had the guy pretty well squared away. With, uh, you know, he took his shirt off. He took the hanky out of his pocket. And then, you know, he, he told me, yeah, throw that duct tape here. So I threw him the duct tape. We, you know, he was wrapping the guy. That guy got nailed, man, with that bus. And uh, the bus never stopped. I don't know if he even seen what he did. But the cop, he was on the ball. The the the, what what a you should have seen that. I I'll never forget that as long as I, I'm alive here. But uh, the problem is just what you said. They're not utilizing everything, and they got to stop. They got to start doing what they did years ago. They're trained, and they're trained one of the best police forces there is, and and they got to start 
start doing what they're doing, stop these people from spraying and going into these places. It, it's ridiculous. I never seen nothing like it. You know what I mean? It, it, I, I'm oh boy, I could go on and on. You got you got a show to do. But thanks for taking my call, buddy. Happy New Year. And, Happy New uh, Good to hear from you, my friend. Uh, good to hear from you as well. Okay, take care, man. How was the seven fishes? I, I haven't talked to you since the Christmas. How did you do the seven fishes? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But you know what? I I can't count too good. I had eight. Of them. <laughs> so so you might have. <laughs> oh, you had eight. I was like you. Yeah, I don't know how. To, well, my daughter brought brought uh, brought the buckala and and the schmelz, and then we had other ones there. You know, with the kujil and uh, you know the. You know, we had we had everything of the seven fish uh, that you were supposed to, but there was extra. Oh. And, you know, yeah, oh, it was good. We had nine people here, my son and his family, my daughter and her family, and we celebrate, you know that, uh, at Christmas Eve. And I'll tell you what, just to see these kids, I just hope and pray that, you know, it was Grandpa and Grandma, then my father and mother, now me and my wife, and my daughter's doing it too. I just hope it gets passed down the tradition you know what i mean it'd be a shame to you know not carry on what what uh what we did here you know for years and years and years but you know what uh between thanksgiving uh christmas eve christmas new year's now i was down to 265 on my certain program the angelo program from madisonville and yep. i'm doing good but guess what i got on the scale today and I gained like 11 pounds, you know, over the holidays. Boy, I'll tell you, I don't know. That's too much uh, pasta azul. And <laughs> 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 if I just ate the fish, Rob, I'd be okay. But you, you know, there we had. It's amazing. Uh, I, I'll I'll shoot you some pictures. Uh, ask Jason. He he's seen the pictures. Yeah. It, it's a you know, we we you know that you know. But the thing is. You know, if there's food left over, we don't throw it away. We we put it in the freezer. I could eat it for a month. You know what I mean? Me and my hound dog. It's, I don't care. I ain't going to throw nothing away. It's, you know. That's why we have freezers. That's why we have vacuum sealers. We'll get it all ready. Oh, yes, sir. I'll tell you what. You you uh, We know how to do it up here. And all guess right. what? I, I, I measured the picnic table. It was 12 and a half inches of snow on that picnic table, buddy. I got half the driveway done, but at least I could get out and go to the store. It's amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable. You guys got oh, it pretty good. Got, I yeah. only got about six, seven inches up by me. So, yeah, you guys got swamp pretty good. I saw Honesdale got got it pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I guess some places got the 10 to 12 that we were, they were saying. Yeah. That, well, Nancy on the morning show said that up there she only got like four or five up there. You know, so like it, Joe, Joe was right on the money. You That's because it doesn't it, snow in Fantasyland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God bless them. I'll tell you what, buddy. I'm glad that WILK is still on the air because uh, no matter where I go or what I do, I like listening. All right, you know my what? friend. I always learn something. Have a great day. Thanks for taking my call. You too. And Thanks for checking in. Got Just got a text good. message saying, love here, Angelo. Makes a lot of sense. Oh, uh, well. So the listeners yeah, love father. you too, Angelo. Angelo. Yeah, well, I love everybody. You know that. I'm yes, not a sir. fighter. I'm a lover. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Have a great Take night. Care. Yep, bye. All right. It's uh, 524 here at WILK. Time for the weather.
Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Valerie Smock. Monday night, increasing clouds, low 28. Tuesday, cloudy with windy. Cloudy and windy. I'll get this right before the end of the night. Cloudy and windy with a snow-ice rain mix. Changing to all rain, high 45. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with rain tapering off, breezy, high 45. Thursday, breezy with sun and clouds, high 40. Friday, breezy with increasing clouds, afternoon chance of rain, high 40. It's currently 36 degrees and cloudy here at 525 at your official weather station, WILK. This Pentella Data Internet traffic update is brought to you by the all-new UPS store, now open in Edwardsville. We did have reports of an accident on 380 southbound just at the split. That doesn't seem to be holding anybody up too much, but you want to be aware that there is an accident 380 southbound. We also have uh, heavy traffic on Blakely Street in Dunmore, bumper to bumper traffic on South Main Avenue in Scranton, and you're going to run into heavy traffic in the Wilkesbury area on South Pennsylvania Avenue. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It is 529. Uh, well, dementia. You know, it, it affects a lot of the people, a lot of our loved ones. We've, a lot of us have dealt with it. And they say there's, there's a, to reduce your risk of dementia, you could cut out these everyday bad habits most of us are guilty of. Now, it's not just cutting out. It's actually adding. And it's, real, it's actually pretty simple. Uh, exercise. One of the chief ways to fight back is exercise. Being active does a number on the brain. If you don't use it, you lose it. Those uh, rounding the corner on 60 especially should be ditching their sedentary lifestyles, moving your body regular, and staying moving can help lower your risk. Another major factor when it comes to predetermining dementia is isolation. And this is something I never thought of. I understand it, but, I mean, a lot of our parents, you know, if they're widowed, live by themselves. They spend a lot of time by themselves. Um, even younger people who just decide to have an isolation-type lifestyle, does that increase your risks for dementia later in life? But they say isolation. We spend a lot of hours on social media. However, this likely does not stimulate the brain's experience of connection as much as socializing in person, the doctor explained. Lack of in-person contact can lead to stress, higher blood pressure, and other issues. Poor sleep habits are another major trigger. Whatever the obstacles to getting a decent night's rest on a regular basis, work hard as you can to remove it, even if you think it may be too young or of a concern. Avoid screens and light after a certain hour, and try not to reach for your phone if you sleep is interrupted. I suffer from that all the time. Wake up just a little bit. Reach over, look at my phone, either just for the time, see if there's any breaking news, anything like that. I am horrible at that. Uh, then there's stress, which is Alzheimer's Society's list of major trigger for de dementia. Thanks to the constant release of cortisol, which can wreak havoc on their memory over time. 
So physical exercise, hobbies and activities you enjoy, family and friends time, or even indulging in your favorite TV show is the way to combat stress. They're all intertwined, but the isolation really made me think. Because, uh, you know, I know my mom, after my dad passed, lived by herself. We were there and visited all the time. We were there with the grandkids as much as we could. But she did live by herself, spent most of her day by herself. Um, so did that increase, you know, when her mind started going a little bit? Amazing to me think. So uh, if you have that family member that may be spending more time alone, if you have the ability, maybe move them in. Maybe get a mother-daughter type place or set up a, a floor where they can live with you and spend more time. All depends on your circumstances, but just something to think about because it made me think. It's uh, 532 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Here with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. On this Monday, January 8th, 2024, 37 degrees and cloudy outside, 536 here at the station. Well, a natural gas plant guarding U.S. Northeast from winter blackouts is at risk. The Everett Gas Import Plant near Boston is at risk of closing in May, coinciding with the retirement of its biggest customer, the Mystic Power Station. Both facilities are owned by Constellation Energy Corp., which say the Mystic is uneconomic to operate under most conditions. Everett Closer would jeopardize the reliability of the region's power system in extreme weather, according to the nation's top energy regulators. Because New England lacks enough pipe uh, lacks enough pipelines to get gas from other parts of the country, it relies on Everett when heating demand spikes. The terminal receives cargoes of liquefied natural gas via tankers, mostly from Trinidad. And this is a shame because Pennsylvania could provide this if we had the infrastructure to deliver it to them and actually retrieve the gas that was under Pennsylvania. But... This is a, an issue for, for multiple reasons. Not only is it leaving our northeast power grid in jeopardy, but these tankers come in, and the Coast, one of the Coast Guard Boston sector's major responsibility are these tankers. Ever since 9-11, these tankers have been high on the priority list for um, terrorist target operations. So the Coast Guard, their cutters, their planes, and, and everything else, um, this is one of their biggest priorities in the Boston region for the for the United States Coast Guard to protect these natural gas ships coming in because if they were ever targeted a major port like the city of Boston large container ships with natural gas I mean I don't have to spell it out for you but it, it could be tragic but the mere fact that if the system up there is ever stressed especially in cold weather but I'm sure this is not unique to when there's a demand for air conditioning and such like that it's putting the entire Northeast at risk. They say the Everett closure would jeopardize the reliability of the reason's power system in extreme weather, according to the nation's top energy regulators. The facility shutdown underscores the challenges facing America's grid. The transition to cleaner energy accelerates the climate change triggers wilder weather while mystic may ultimately be replaced by wind farms or solar projects it's not clear whether those resources and the battery storage need to back them up will be built quickly enough to prevent power shortfalls 
So they're shutting down this natural gas power plant in May when they don't have a replacement for it and hoping on a wish and a prayer that they can handle it. Is that the way? This is the entire Northeast. Boston region, major city on our East Coast. We're putting at risk because... Everett is a key resource providing additional gas supplies to England during extreme cold, said Gary Cunningham, director of market research at Energy Risk Management from Tradition Energy. Constellation is in negotiations for supply contracts that would allow it to keep Everett open, but nothing has been finalized and time is of the essence. Meanwhile, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission and the North American Electric Reliability Corporation are sounding the alarm. Ensuring reliable and affordable affordability could become challenging in the face of a significant winter event. While this winter has been mild so far across the U.S., that may not be the case and may change at any time. Weather models are increasingly pointing to a cold shot across most of the country later this month, according to commercial forecaster Maxar Technologies, Inc. While the Northeast is bracing for its biggest snowstorm in more than a year this weekend. Now, we're expecting rain here with a mix. They're expecting New York just put out a a winter weather warning for most of New York and upstate Connecticut and Boston area. So they're, they're facing more snow than where we are rain here in northeast Pennsylvania. Gas is often seen as a transition fuel as the world moves to more environmentally friendly ways to generate power and heat. Everett's closure is a sign of that shift, according. Remember when gas, natural gas and propane used to be that clean energy? You know, let's get away from coal. Let's get away from burning oil. Natural gas is the way to do it. Let's make all your appliances in natural gas. Let's change and transition things to natural gas. Now, no, they want wind and solar. And, again, they don't even know when that's going to be built. But let's close this plant in May. (laughs) Talk about putting the cart before the horse. But we don't learn. And when Northeast, when all of Boston is without power and the people in the city don't know what to do with themselves because they are not self-sufficient in the least, we'll see. I mean, I was in New York for a couple major blackouts, and they literally lose their mind when they lose power for a couple of days. Uh, We'll see. Don't say we didn't tell you so. It's uh, 542 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. It is looking good on 81 from the New York border to Hazleton. No issues to report in the northeast region on 476, the PA Turnpike. And it seems to be pretty good to go on 80, 84, and 380. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Valerie Smock. Monday night, increasing clouds, low 28. Tuesday, cloudy and windy with snow, ice, rain mix, changing to all rain, high 45. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with rain tapering off, breezy, high 45. Thursday, breezy with sun and clouds, high 40. Friday, breezy with increasing clouds, afternoon chance of rain, high 40. See, I did it. I read it finally without a mistake. Didn't rush through it. 
Currently 37 degrees and cloudy at 543. Your official weather station, WILK. It's time for the NEPA Premium Perks. Enjoy this half-off deal for the Crayola Experience. Two deals. Buy one ticket, get one free for $27.99. Or buy a family four-pack of tickets for $55.98. Kids and adults can explore art, technology, and express their creativity. One-of-a-kind family experience with dozens of creative activities. Located at 30 Center Square in Easton, Pennsylvania. Visit GetMyPerks.com for all the details. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 547 here in Northeast Pennsylvania, 37 degrees and cloudy. Yes, the reason New England can't get oil, natural gas from us, PA, or other places because the nuts in New York won't allow pipelines to be built across New York. Yes, 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 but Pennsylvania didn't uh, allow a bunch of pipelines either. Uh, they, oh, they fought them at every turn. So we could be more acceptable for doing that. And New York will eventually, when they are dealing with rolling blackouts time and time again, enough people will will say that. So, Jake, the big game tonight, we had a big weekend here. I, I waited a little bit. But first of all, this Falcons-Saints game where the coaches almost got into it at the end of that. Now, I, I know the story there. It was It was a... It was a poor move by the players in my part who who had to score that last touchdown. I understand the guy they gave the ball to hasn't scored a touchdown all season, but you just don't do that. Yeah, you don't run up the score. I mean, especially when especially when it's against one of not only a division rival, but possibly your biggest rival. I know that the Falcons and the Saints that they've always had bad blood going way, way back. And for Arthur Smith to say that it was BS towards Dennis Allen, I don't blame him one bit, but at this point, that's the least of Arthur Smith's worries. Right at midnight, the Atlanta Falcons fired him. Yep. Yeah. So we have that. And also, it's no surprise, the Washington Commanders, they also fired Ron Rivera about about 8.30 in the morning or so. I think everyone pretty much saw that coming since about November. And it just so happens that one of the coaches that the Washington Commanders are interested in, I know we talked about Bill Belichick, but – Another one of them is one of the coaches tonight, Jim Harbaugh. That's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, and Bill Belichick, when, when he was asked by the press, he, I think he handled that great. He says, hey, we'll sit down. We'll have a conversation. We'll, I mean, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> he knows. Yeah, that was typical Bill Belichick fashion, Belichickian, I guess you could say. How he was asked so many questions about 2024. Are you going to be back with New England? And obviously in that monotone voice of his, just saying – just saying, I'm just focused on how we finish the season. I'm just focused on our game today against the Jets. Like, that's that's pretty much the way that, he, that it's been. Who knows? Maybe there, there could be a possibility that he could be back in New England, but it definitely had that feeling yesterday as, as he walked off the field and you saw all the signs, you know, thank you, Bill, and Bill, we trust and everything. It, it definitely had that feeling that, that it was that. I mean – you don't really see it that often. I, I still remember the way I felt back in 2006 watching Bill Cower walk off the field against Cincinnati. I remember telling my sister right then and there, she, my sister was like, Wait, what are you getting so emotional for? I said, he's not coming back next year. And, I mean, ultimately, Bill Cower never returned to coaching. But with, with Bill, I feel like 
he still has a few years left in him. And the biggest thing with Bill and at this point in his career, getting ready to turn 72 in April, he is 14 wins behind Don Shula for the most all time. That's what keeps him going. Yeah. And what's this with Jake Browning's girlfriend wearing a bobsledding oh, outfit? Oh, yeah. That pretty much went viral all over Twitter yesterday. I mean. Uh, they're truly making yeah. the NFL, the, the, the new housewives of the NFL. Honestly. They're trying to compete here. I mean, she's literally wearing a bobsledding outfit. Yeah, and Jake Browning is Joe Burrow's backup. I mean, and really the only reason that he's that you're getting this attention, obviously, is because Joe Burrow was lost for the season. So, yeah, these are the things that, that go viral and are trending on social media or things like that, Rob. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I had to jump on it because the New York Post yeah. posted, uh, Jake Browning's girlfriend, Stephanie Niles, embraces insane Bengals ride as outfit goes viral. And and they show her, and she's literally wearing a bob sledding spandex, uh, long sleeve, long with, with these orange boots and orange hat. And I said, when you want to catch the playoffs, but you don't have time to change before bobsledding. Yeah, and obviously they were desperate for storylines. Because, oh, because the Cincinnati, other one was at the Golden Globes or the Emmys yeah. or whatever it was. Cincinnati was already eliminated. Cleveland was resting their starters, so they needed some sort of storylines. And yeah, Travis Kelsey didn't play yesterday either. So, I mean, that's that's more of a thing with Andy Reid, just resting players since they were already locked in the third seed. But yeah, I saw where they, they made a, a bit of a joke at, at the Golden Globes about Taylor Swift. The only difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL is that we're not going to show her every five seconds, which that's pretty much what the NFL does. And and that's another interesting point is Saturday night. So the playoffs start on Saturday. And 8-15, it's the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs. And the one thing to keep in mind is it's usually an NBC game, but the game is exclusively on Peacock. The only way that you're going to be able to get that game is if you live in Kansas City or you live in Miami. That's the only way that you're going to be able to get it on television. And someone on Twitter yesterday, just some random fan, they said, Roger Goodell knows what he's doing. He scheduled the Kansas City Chiefs for the Peacock game, knowing how many Swifties will end up buying it. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, that's the first time in NFL history a playoff game is going to be exclusively on a streaming service. Crazy. Yeah, definitely. So And tonight's game, ESPN. Mm-hmm, ESPN, the what? Michigan Wolverines, the Washington Huskies, and I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Obviously, the, the news piece that Paul ran just a little while ago, the you know one of the big storylines, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., obviously the two of them are worthy of being drafted in the first round of the 2024 draft, either the first or second round. And personally, if I had to make a guess right now, I would say J.J. McCarthy. I probably see him as a Minnesota Viking or an Atlanta Falcon. Michael Penix Jr., I'm going to say maybe the Raiders, maybe Washington. It's hard to say. And, of course, the biggest storyline of all, Jim Harbaugh, more than likely his last game with his alma mater. I'm going to take the Michigan Wolverines tonight. I'm going to go with Michigan. I feel like, you know, I mean, they beat the game against Alabama on New Year's Day was was absolutely amazing. And what they've accomplished so far this year, beating Alabama, beating Ohio State for the third year in a row, I just feel like this is Jim Harbaugh's best chance to win a championship with his alma mater and 
somewhat, I guess, right off into the college sunset when he goes back into the NFL because we talked about Washington, we talked about the Chargers, and I just read a, th- a piece a little while ago about the Las Vegas Raiders, and everyone listening knows how I've pounded the table for Antonio Pierce to become the permanent head coach of the Raiders. Well, I read that it's pretty much neck and neck between Antonio Pierce and Jim Harbaugh to be the next head coach, the permanent head coach of the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> the, the permanent head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I might as well just say Oakland Raiders while I'm at it. But, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's been going on so far in, in the football world, Rob. And later on in the week, obviously, we could dive more into the playoff games, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then Monday night next week with Philadelphia and Tampa. Philadelphia is in shambles right now. So, so yeah. I'll give you my my faux pas for the weekend, and you can see how like, yeah. I'm a college football guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the NFL, it's a playoff, so I'll watch it. It was a good yeah. weekend for it. Mm-hmm. I watched the Steelers game that morning. It wasn't the Steelers. It was a past Steelers game. Okay. But it was on a regular channel, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, here's the Steelers game. Let me watch it. And the Steelers win, and I, w- I was almost going to text you, like, wow, look at this. <laughs> And then later that evening, what were the Steelers on it? Like four or eight? What, they were on it later in the afternoon. It was Saturday at four thirty. Yeah. Well, one of the main networks at like twelve played a Steelers game against the same team they were playing today. It must have been a, a replay of another yeah, game they probably played. on NFL Network. I would imagine. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. okay, let me watch this because it, it, it didn't say pre-recorded. It didn't say the, so. I watched the whole game, and <laughs> later on, I'm like, what's this about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I watched two Steelers games. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they, my, they won both of them, I guess. My biggest, my biggest thing, and my biggest concern, like, I was absolutely gutted on Saturday when I saw T.J. Watt go down with knee injury, and it was basically friendly fire the way that he was injured. Now, thankfully, his older brother, J.J., said that it's a a grade two MCL sprain. I doubt that he's going to be available this Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. They're saying that maybe he could be available in two weeks if they make it to the AFC championship. But that's the thing. I I honestly just don't see them getting past Buffalo. Buffalo was a team. They went through a lot of controversy themselves, firing an offensive coordinator just like Pittsburgh did. But they got hot at the right time. So... As of right now, yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. There you go. And we'll get into it, but uh, it was a good weekend. It narrows down a little bit, and we'll see. Uh, my friend was actually at the Buffalo game. Enjoyed it. He's on his yeah, way. down to Miami. Yep, flying back home now. But he, he was down there enjoying it, especially coming from upstate New York. Uh, it was a good game. Any, any day in Miami is good yeah. when you're from upstate <laughs> New York and miss the snowstorm. It's uh, 5.57 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the show in a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Monday, January 8th, 2024. 36 degrees and cloudy outside, just coming up on 6 o'clock here. Uh, I'm going to be on Sirius XM Patriot Radio tomorrow morning with David Webb on the David Webb Show. If you want to check that out, I believe at 10 o'clock. If not, we'll do this again tomorrow here. God bless, be safe, and we'll see you then.